she murmured. I took her hand in mine under the table. A ceremony organized by Malia and Adawin would be the most elegant and carefree night of our lives. I encouraged quietly. Her memories from last night had shown me exactly why she was so adverse to the idea of a wedding. Cyprian hadn't just whisked her away for an elopement. He'd organized a small ceremony to make the effect of his love potion even stronger and keep her from backing out. She didn't want to relive the memory during her wedding. I'll bring the booze, Carlin offered. I'm curious to see how this one here reacts to my cider. I've had leprechaun's ale. Burke surprised me again. A fellow in the Emerald Isles offered it to me during an ambassadorship visit a few weeks ago. That stuff is wild. But nothing compared to this little weed called capi. You're not kidding, Alfred exclaimed excitedly. You and I need to hang out, man. I need to head back to the manor to get some fresh clothes. Ada's voice filled my mind. Thanks for grabbing breakfast for me. Stop by when you're done with your brother. I will. I squeezed her hand and released it. She gave me a quick peck on the cheek and stood, leaving without saying a word, motioning for Evan to follow. Did I say something to offend her? Burke looked terrified. Huh? Oh, no. I worked on finishing my meal. She wants to freshen up. I wouldn't mind a shower either, to be honest. I've never really got a chance to wash the blood off from yesterday. Welcome to Chapter 24 of The King's Secret. I awoke from the heat of the sun as it shone through my window the next morning. Torkin had freed himself from the drawer and was currently curled up under my chin. The placement nestled him perfectly between Ada and I as we held each other. She was his now to protect as well. My stomach growled painfully, and I tried not to disturb either of them as I got up. Having eaten nothing yesterday and exerting so much energy, I was beyond hungry. After getting dressed, I set out a few crickets and a tarantula for Torkin and gently kissed Ada's temple. She stirred, but didn't wake. I watched them both sleep for a moment. <laughs> My little family. I had no idea I would ever be capable of the love that I felt for them. The pull their souls had on me was stronger than anything I'd ever felt. I nearly forgot my desire to eat as I watched them, wanted to crawl back into the bed to be near them. And I would have, too, had my stomach not churned in its protest against its emptiness. As I walked through school, many non-humans stopped me. Some wanted to know if Ada was my mate or if Torkin had bonded to me. Others simply wanted to show their respects offering bows and small gifts typical of their species. I thanked these students and politely declined the gifts under the pretense that I had no way of carrying them at the moment. Truthfully, the offerings made me slightly uncomfortable. I found a truly baffling sight upon entering the dining hall. My friends sat at their typical table, eating and laughing as always. But to my surprise, Burke sat in my spot. I bit into a sweet honeycrisp apple. He needs rest. And you don't, Alfred asked sarcastically. You both look like shit. He also needs to eat, Carlin laughed. 
setting his tray down on the now overcrowded table. Grabbing a to-go box as well as a tray, piling both of them with fruits and veggies. You're in my seat. My voice sounded horrible, startling those at the table who hadn't seen me approach. Good lord! Burke laughed. You even sound like death. Whoa, what's with the fruit? What's with you being here? I set my tray down and shoved him over on the bench. Edwin got a letter yesterday letting us know what happened. Burke wrapped a big, meaty arm around me, hugging my sore body harshly. He sent me to check on you. Let go. I hadn't meant to sound like such a grouch, but it hurt. Burke dropped his arm and patted my back with force, increasing my annoyance. <laughs> Sorry, little brother. So, where's your little friend? Better question, Esta asked. How is he? He looked awful yesterday at the conference. He'll recover fine. I popped a grape into my mouth, reveling in its sweetness. But don't be surprised if you don't see him for a day or two. How's Ada? Lena asked. I'd be better if someone had told me he was leaving to get food. I turned, surprised to see my mate, arms crossed, tapping her foot in irritation. I hadn't intended to stay. I held up the travel box to her. Did you wake Torkin? Yes. She took the box from me and squeezed onto the bench between Esta and I. He demolished the bugs you had set out for him, so I gave him a few more. He passed out again when he was full. I doubt he leaves your room today. Good. Pointing his typical food-filled fork at Esta. I was torn between entering the food line and investigating the odd scene. My stomach complained again, and I chose the food. Grabbing a to-go box as well. It described how our great-grandfather had ordered the royal guard to trap hundreds of vampires and tear them apart using their body parts and experiments to try and harness their abilities. I read it in that journal I gave you. Burke looked at me as if I was stupid. That thing has all kinds of magic-related incidents in it. You can read? I quipped, instantly raising a shield in anticipation of getting punched. Sure enough, his fist met my barrier, and I laughed triumphantly. He waved his hand, a big dopey smile on his face. I guess I should have expected that. As for the past, Ada spoke, her beautiful eyes landing on Mora before coming to my brother. We cannot change it, nor should we try to. The future is where we must look to make atonements for those who have been wronged by man's actions. Do you not agree? Most definitely. He beamed at her, then turned to Mora. I do hope you'll come to the coronation. I'll think about it. Mora lied. She'd be there with the rest of us. Hey, Lena perked up. I wanted to ask you, what's it like to die? Painful, I laughed. <laughs> but then again, I did get stabbed twice. I'm sure it would be different for a different death. Getting to see my own body was a trip for sure. Fascinating. Lena was way too excited. What about coming back? Also really painful, I chuckled. Kind of like when your leg falls asleep, but it's your entire body. Emily shivered, 
I hate that feeling. That had to be awful. I got the girl, I shrugged. So what's it matter? That's a whole new meaning to the term, I would die for you. Burke's nose was crinkled in discomfort. Well, I vanquished my empty tray and stretched. I'd love to chat more, but I was kind of serious about that shower. What? Burke was staring at the table in front of me in disbelief. Where'd it go? He asked quietly. Watch. Alfred showed him how to do it. Poof. No more tray. Will mine do that? He asked as he cautiously set his empty cup and silverware onto it, laughing in delight as it vanished. I don't care how that actually works. I'm going to pretend I did it. My friends laughed as he... My friends laughed as he and I stood. I waved goodbye to them and showed Burke to my room, greeting several more students on the way. They were all surprised to see my brother walking beside me. One minotaur even asked if I was in need of assistance. I assured the older student that I was fine before we continued on. I am not well received here, huh? I'd never seen Burke this uncomfortable. I wasn't either. I stated honestly. Most of the magical society hates Father's family. And rightfully so. Adowin is going to have a hell of a time earning their trust. I'll do what I can, but there's no guarantee. Good morning, Owen! Malia called as we walked by her classroom. Burke stopped dead in his tracks to stare at her. Oh! Who's this? Good morning, Malia. I had seen Burke do this several times. He was about to become very charming. This is my brother Burke. Charmed to meet you, my lady. He offered her a dapper smile and a deep bow. Malia giggled. Oh my, it's a pleasure, young prince. Mistress, he returned her giggle. <laughs> Owen is the young one in the family. I'm 22. And I'm 29. She smiled, rejecting him gently. You're much too young for me, your highness. Burke was about to protest, but I interjected. Thank you again for keeping Torkin safe yesterday, Malia. I'm certain that without you, he wouldn't have made it. Her smile faded instantly, flirting forgotten. How is he? He'll recover, I assured her. We're going to check on him now. Please, she motioned for us to leave. Don't let me delay you. We waved goodbye and headed for the dormitory stairs. Let her be, Burke, I warned. So, Burke set his fork down and addressed Ada, reaching his hand towards her behind my back. I understand we're family now. I'm Burke Aisley. She shook his hand. Ada, Priya. I didn't even try to hide my smile enjoying the sound of my last name on her lips. Alfred kicked me lightly under the table, winking as I looked up to see what he wanted. Right, Burke laughed, and returned to his food as he talked to me. The letter said you'd be taking on Mother's maiden name. It makes sense, honestly. I'm glad you think so. I gave him a genuine smile. The sugar from the fruit had begun to restore my energy improving my mood greatly. Oh, he reached into his waistcoat, pulling out a letter. This is for you. 
Adolin's coronation will be next week. You're all invited. The board as well. He wants a magic presence there. He's hoping it will signify peace between us and the rest of the nation. I opened it, finding its contents to reflect his words exactly. That shouldn't be a problem, considering the majority of this table has been dying to go to the palace for some time now. The rest of us have only been mildly curious. Mora set her drink down. Label facing my brother. Is that blood? Burke pointed with fascinated wonder. Are you a vampire? Mora glared at him for a moment before revealing her blood-stained fangs. What of it? Burke's face changed to an expression I'd never seen on him before. Sorrow. I know the past can't be changed, but I want to apologize on behalf of my great-grandfather. The experiments he ordered done to your kind were truly horrible. Now wait a minute! I looked at him in disbelief. How the hell do you know about that and I didn't? I had only just begun translating the book Mora had given me at the beginning of the year. She's had a rough row of awful lovers. She deserves someone who will be hers and hers alone. I loved Burke, but he had a problem staying loyal to a woman for more than a month. Probably for the best, he sighed. She could probably curse me, huh? Worse. I laughed, knowing it was true. When we got to my door, I noticed that Joseph Burke's belongings were in the hall, and a pink reassignment notice was on his door. I decided to be nosy and read it, snorting in disgust and amusement when I read that he was no longer a student at the school. Good riddance. I moved to open my door and watched Burke's amazement as it swung open on its own. Sorry, my room's a bit trashed. It was a rough day yesterday. I picked up my blood-stained clothes and tossed them into the trash as he sat on my love seat. I can't imagine. Burke looked serious for once in his life. The last few months have been utter madness, Owen. For all of us. But you had to deal with magic and an identity crisis on top of all of it. It's been a whirlwind for sure. I moved to make my bed, but decided to rip the sheets from it instead as they were stained with my blood as well. I suppose Edwin is dealing with Father's funeral right now. There is to be no funeral. I looked at Burke in shock. Edwin has spent the last few months writing an extensive account of Father's wrongdoings, paying careful attention to how he offended magical peoples. The report was submitted to the Royal Council yesterday morning. Last night, they voted to discredit Father's ability to make legal decisions rationally when people of magic were involved. They reversed every law, ordinance, and warrant he made. He shook his little head as he sifted through the dried goodies, settling on a large grasshopper in relation to magic. He was also dishonored in the process, and by law, I cut him off. A dishonored king shall pass quietly into death with no recognition. Yes, he sighed. His body was scheduled to be cremated this morning. I found it oddly fitting that both he and Cyprian were burnt for their wrongdoings. I chuckled and finished pulling the sheets from my bed, stuffing them into my hamper before getting fresh ones. As I passed my desk, the bottom drawer rustled. I peeked inside to find Torkin sleeping restlessly. He was talking in strange language I wasn't familiar with. 
but I did catch Seve's name. Once he was fully healed, we'd have to go back to the island and retrieve her. I set the sheets on my mattress and grabbed some clean clothes, excusing myself to take a shower. When I finished, Torkin was digging around in the top drawer of my desk, hunting for more food, and Burke was snoring loudly from the love seat. He's very loud. Torkin's voice was raspy from all the screaming he'd done. Always has been. Here, I pulled the bag of bugs out for him. Have you had anything to drink today? We talked about the possibility of peace between man and fay, and he told me about how he was working to restructure the royal guard. I grabbed the medicine measuring cup that I had saved back for him from my bathroom cabinet and filled it with water. I wasn't too surprised when he drank over half of it. How are you feeling? I sat down at my desk and watched him. He was eating very slow, which was unusual. Like crap, he admitted. The effects of that damn stun spell are messing with me pretty badly. Anything I can do to help? I asked, gently wiping a bug bit from his little face. No, he sighed, and went back for more water. It'll wear off eventually. I'll just have to deal with the nightmares until then. Let me guess. I couldn't help the growl that came out. He added a torture charm. Torkin nodded slowly. I've watched you and Seve die several times now. I honestly don't want to go to sleep anymore because of it. You need to rest, Torkin. I tipped his little chin up with my finger. I'll see if a nail can help. I'll leave the bugs out for you, okay? Do you want anything else? He yawned and sighed, staring at my noisy brother as he thought. Maybe some berries. Something sweet sounds good. Okay. I stood and refilled his cup. I'll grab you some at dinner. I probably won't be back for a little while. I'm going to entertain Burke until the fairy comes to pick him up. Then Ada wants me to meet her at the manor. I'd bet money that she's torching his stuff. Torkin smiled. I might tag along for that. I laughed and handed him the water. He sipped it and set it aside for later, examining my chest with his little eyes. Did I do that? I healed the scratches and smiled. Do what? He scowled and turned away. I'm supposed to protect you, not hurt you. Torkin. I crouched to be eye level with him. If you had died, I would have been far more hurt. A few scratches mean nothing to me. Your life does. Get some rest. He nodded before pulling a plump mealworm from the bag and dropping back down into his drawer. I stood and woke Burke. As we spent the next three hours touring the island, he told me of all the adventures he'd been on in my absence, and I'd shared my experiences as well. To be magic-inclusive, he, unlike our father, wasn't worried about battling the magic beings within our nation, if he could manage to convince the current guards that people of magic were good. He assured me that many of them knew that, but about protecting all of our inhabitants from outside forces. I agreed that that would be a good step. When he left on the ferry, I swung by dinner, picked up Torkin, and headed for the manor. 
As I made the trek into the woods, I wondered if she'd want to keep the house. I sincerely hoped not. I didn't want to live in another man's home, let alone Cyprian Prim's. To my amusement, Torkin had been right. There was a massive bonfire on the backyard, which many of the board members were gathered around, helping Ada toss in clothes, furniture, books, and whatever else she deemed unwanted. I handed her her dinner. The home of the headmaster and mistress was located in the very center of the island, protected from the elements by a forest and off-limits to students. He had also been enchanted to resist magical attacks, making it indestructible to anything other than natural accidents. I had snuck there a few times while jogging to see if I could catch a glimpse of Ada, enjoying the wide smile on her face. This was therapeutic for her. As she watched the flames, she spoke. I don't want to live in this house, Owen. But I don't want to leave the school, either. I've poured my heart into this place. I can't walk away from it. Then we won't. I smiled sincerely. I'm not raising our children in this house, Owen. She hissed. No. I agreed, handing her a box of matches. Nor will I lay with you in his bed. Set it ablaze, my love. Be rid of the prison he built for you. But... She slowly took the box. Where will we live? I'll build us a new home. I promised. Exactly the way you want it. She stared at the matches in her palm for a moment, before giving a curt nod and walking into the large house. A few moments later, she came out and stood beside me as smoke poured from the windows. The other board members gathered around to watch, cheering as the building collapsed, sending plumes of black smoke into the air. We agreed that Ada would stay in my room until a new house was built. She kept me busy the rest of the week by having me travel into town to purchase new clothes and toiletries while she worked to sort the legal paperwork for the school as well as Cyprian's death. I was incredibly thankful for my portals. While in town, I sent a letter to Adawin, and he happily agreed to pay for the construction of a new home for us, stating that it would be his wedding present. I thanked him in person the following week at his coronation. This is the conclusion of Chapter 24 of The King's Secret. I hope you enjoyed this reading, and I hope you'll tune in next time for Chapter 25 and the epilogue. It will be the finale of The King's Secret. Have a wonderful week, and I hope to see you all next time. Bye-bye.